Let's do this thing. And welcome into another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. It is Monday, November 1st. Guys, how was your Halloween weekend? Some tricks, some treaks. Spooky. Some spooky times. Definitely spooky. Definitely spooky for the Bengals. Uh, certainly kind of terrifying for the Browns. Um, and maybe a little bit of fright from the Buckeyes. They had in the bag, guy. No, no, I wasn't sweating a bit. <laughs> so, uh, no struggles. No struggles. <laughs> no struggles. It, in the show today, we're talking a little bit of uh, college football with the rankings coming out on Tuesday. Big week. Going to the ice to talk a little bit of jackets. Also got uh, a nice beer. Uh, Josh will not be enjoying, as we'll get to when we get to our beer of the week. Uh, but first, our intros. To my right. A guy who's back at it after a much-needed bye week. Really much needed for us to not have to deal with you. It's Zach. Zach, how are we doing today? Doing good. The only reason I came in is, you know, Josh got to pay up on his bet, finally. Yeah. Skirted it last week, I heard. Skirted it the last couple weeks. Last couple I know, yeah, I know. I know. So, I'm a man of my word. I said eventually. And <laughs> considering there might be another 40 bet in the future, which we'll probably talk more about on, on Friday's show, Good thing you're drinking up today. The guy to my left, the guy who's already on the first day of November looking forward to a white Christmas. A Mike White Christmas, that is. <laughs> it's Josh on the ones and twos. Josh, how are we doing today? Oh, man, Mike that might, that might be your most brutal intro you've ever done. Ball. That was rough. Oh, that was killer. I, I was astounded. I was astounded. At his performance, not necessarily the Bengals. I've seen that show yeah. before, but I mean, pretty impressive for Mike White. I'll give him that. And finally, um, in the middle, a guy who's honestly too battered and bruised to be here, at least an ego, oh my God. but against my better judgment is here. Um, you know what? At least the Browns are back to a place that I, that I know well in the cellar of the AFC North, More you know. More comfortable there. It's, it's, it's where we've been. It's where I, I understand expectations, you know, from there. So my name's Greg, and we are 30 Bracket Sports, Ohio's sports and beer podcasts. Guys, we've got a wonderful beer that we're trying. I am very excited to I'm try this still- one uh, coming from the Silverton area of Cincinnati. But uh, first, let's get to some headlines. Guys, it was a wild and spooky weekend in Ohio with some scares, some tricks, and some treats. Oh! Unfortunately, on Sunday, it was all tricks as both the Bengals oh. and Browns thought they were going to have some easy wins on the schedule. It doesn't sound like what you think it does. <laughs> in the Meadowlands, the Bengals fell to the Jets and backup QB Mike White 34-31 to fall to 5-3 and three and out of the lead in the AFC North. Joe Burrow had another solid game with 300 yards and three touchdowns, but was outdueled by the Jets' backup that had three touchdowns of his own at 400 yards. He's quite the hilltopper. Unfortunately, what could have been one of the best finishes of the afternoon was marred by a baffling personal foul call on Mike Hilton to help the Jets run out the clock. In Cleveland, the Browns' offense played dead and really never woke up, dropping the game versus the Steelers 15-10. to the Steelers had a few tricks up their sleeve that the Browns were able to overcome, including a fake field goal. But unfortunately, a late Jarvis Landry fumble doomed the Browns to 4-4 four and four in the all-too-familiar haunted house that is the AFC North Cellar. Ooh. On Saturday, both the Bearcats and the Buckeyes survived the slight scare before earning victories to keep their great seasons rolling. The Bearcats were once again late to rise for a noon kickoff, getting off to a slow start and only leading the Tulane Green Wave 14 to 12 at halftime before uh, before stretching the lead to 31 to 12 for the final score behind two touchdowns by tight end Josh Wiley. In Columbus, the Buckeyes found out the downtrodden Nittany Lions still had some roar as they put the Buckeyes on upset alert with the game tied at 17 early in the third quarter. But Ohio State was able to pull away put the game on ice thanks to 154 yards by Travion Henderson in a 33-24 victory. Next weekend, the Buckeyes head to Lincoln to face the Cornhuskers, while the Bearcats welcome Tulsa and for the first time ever, College Game Day to Cincinnati. 
But before either of those tests, Tuesday is the first important day and a huge measuring stick because the college football playoff rankings will be announced for the first time on Tuesday. And to wrap up the sports week in Ohio, in MLS, the crew defeated DC United 3-1 to keep their playoff hopes alive with just one game left. They will need to win Saturday versus Chicago, along with some help from the loser of Tuesday's New York Red Bulls-Atlanta matchup to make that final playoff push. In Philly, FCC fell 2-0 to the Union for their 11th straight loss, clinching the wooden spoon, but still having something to play for, as their last game versus Atlanta could play into determining whether the crew make the playoff. Really hope it doesn't come down to that. Uh, on the ice, the Jackets had a rough Friday night at MSG, falling 4 to nothing to the Rangers before rebounding Sunday across the bridge with a 4-3 overtime win over the Devils to get to 5-3 for the year. And finally, on the court, the Cavs had a wonderful start to their West Coast swing, beating the Nuggets and the Clippers before falling Friday and Saturday to the Lakers and the Suns. To go back under 500, they finished their road trip Monday night in Charlotte. Guys, those are your OH headlines. For our beer of the week this week, we are going to one of the neighborhoods of Cincinnati, Silverton to be exact, uh, to High Grain Brewing Company. And today, Zach and I will be enjoying the Gather Urban Peach Sour Ale from High Grain Brewing Company, which uh, it's got that nice kind of sour, you know, almost like uh, wheat beer color, that like mm-hmm. orange color that you kind of see. It's fluorescent. Yeah, very fluorescent color. So mm. that's a good sour right there. That's got a little bit of a bite bite to it. Yeah. Really, really solid sour. Um, I don't know if you have you been to High Grain before? I have not been to High Grain. It's a great brewery. Before we get to that though, wanna mention uh Josh today, as per weeks ago, we'll say <clears> at this point, <throat> uh we had a little forty bet on the show. For those who are maybe new listeners, uh regularly when Teams that we root for match up against each other. We put a little bet. Instead of drinking the wonderful Ohio beers that we get to drink during the show, uh, the loser of said bet will have to drink 40 ounces of uh, malt liquor. Today, Josh will be enjoying the wonderful styles. I believe one of our few repeats on the show as far as breweries, the wonderful (laughs) Colt 45 double malt. Yeah, double malt. We haven't had the double malt oh, yet. Uh, first time for good, the double good call, Zach, picking these up for me. Uh, no one actually does the forty, the true forty ounce. You got me four extra ounces here. Do you want your change on this? Or? No, I don't. I don't want the two cents. All right. No, uh, I know. Well, tells what kind. No of one. No one does the traditional forty. You can anymore. find them in Clifton. We'll, we'll have to pick yeah. some. Yeah, we'll have to. Yeah. We'll have to figure it out for next time. But it, it's this is because uh, the Bengals. Uh, Lost in that kickoff uh, field goal. What happened was the Packers were going to give you the win, up. and you guys just didn't want it. And finally, it, Mason no. Crosby's Wait, like, I, I thought, guess I'll make, an, I'll make another one. I thought the Bengals <laughs> won it. I saw their kicker celebrating in that game. Right? Uh, that's, <laughs> that's still my favorite thing thus far this season is his right. face when All he right. realizes, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no? No. <laughs> All right. So later during our resetting of the can, we'll get, we'll get the full uh, recap of how Josh is doing and how that Colt 45 is tasting. But back to our beer of the week um, from High Grain, their Urban Peach Sour Ale. Uh, it's called Gather. Um, back to the brewery. Josh, I don't know. Have, have you been to High Grain before? I've been there once. Uh, it was nice outside. You know, they have the, mm-hmm. obviously, seasons are changing a little bit. But during yeah. the summer, it was nice. Sat outside. A lot of outdoor seating options. Uh, the food was really good. Uh, I had, I don't know if it's still on the menu right now, but the um, fried chicken sandwich that's on there, it was fantastic. Mm. A lot of the, um, a lot of the food that they have there is, you know, very well done. It's it's good portions. I mean, it's a nice solid meal. So, um, yeah, they big got a fan of high grain. I've for a while there, we actually thought we had done high grain because I had so much high grain in my uh, fridge. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had high grain out there. I mean, they got a good a good footprint, especially here in Cincinnati. But uh, they've been on the top of my list on breweries to visit. I haven't been able to get out there 
to the Silverton neighborhood, but they're big on sustainability, which is uh, kind of their, their big thing. Um, and they're powered 100% by renewable electricity, 80% wind, 20% solar. And they do so, so, so many initiatives locally, um, locally sourced uh, ingredients and all that kind of stuff. So definitely a cool spot. Need to get up there. Um, yeah. Nice little area. Yeah, we'll get to the sustainability even more when we get to the yeah. reciting of the can. So there's even a little bit more to talk about with, with the beer. But just as far as the beer itself. You know, Zach, wow. I know you're a big, yeah, I know you're a big sour guy. What are your sours. thoughts? Like I said, very good. It has that bite at the end. I like I like the peach flavor. I had like a peach sour, and I saw that. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. A peach sour, that flavoring goes together. It speaks to strong you. Peach. It speaks to me. Yeah. <clears throat> you can get the nice peach at the beginning, and then real nice sour at the end. Almost makes you purse your lips a little yeah, bit. Yeah, see, I, I almost get... Not quite, but I mean... Yeah, I get the like nice sour flavor, and then almost at the at the very end, you get that like... Nice peach taste almost reminds me. You know, I love peach rings. It gives you oh, that little yeah. taste at the end of it. Yeah. So I think this is a, a very well done sour. It's not one of those where, I mean, if you don't like sour, you don't like sour. But if yeah. you like sour, it's great. And it doesn't, it's, it's not, not one of those ways. overwhelming ones where it's like you can't taste the no the peach to it. But it's strong enough where it's it's a solid sour. Yeah, I've just had a lot lately where it was like barely sour. Yeah. You know what I mean? Getting kind of weak. This is weak, this is weak a nice, sauce. Weak, weak sauce. Weak sauce. This is a nice, perfect blend of yeah, like you're saying, not too sour that it's like overpowering. Yeah, because I think it, with some of the sours, and you know, you get some of the ghosts that are a little bit less on the sour range right. which, with, with where they are, but some of them say sour, and they're really just fruit flavored with just a slight like a sour slight, twing to yeah. it, and then some of them are just like. You try to make them more heads, which is fine. I, I like I, I like stuff. those too, but, but yeah, uh, the average consumer. Yeah. So, Josh, what do you think? Oh, yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, you know, I'll have to let you guys know another day. But, Why don't you uh, let us know how's the, how's the yeah, Colt 45 treat? The Colt, the Colt 45 <laughs> is, uh, is it's very thick. I haven't had... <laughs> I haven't had... <laughs> I have not had the, uh, the double malt. For that. <laughs> I have not had the double malt. I haven't had the pleasure of the double malt Colt <laughs> no 45. So, uh, does it taste like two zigzags? <sighs> no, it, it does have that kind of uh, <laughs> that nostalgic vibe, vibe to <laughs> it. But <laughs> just imagine you're drinking the uh, Oost Belgian Golden Strong from High Grain. The 2020 u.s open beer golden medalist oh wow oh, wow 2021 silver medal see i'm gonna have to get up there this week and wash this colt 45 down <laughs> with so, some some decent beer we'll be talking about it more uh high grain brewery their beer wine and boozy slushies for those oh. who may be bringing someone that's not exactly I was gonna say, there we go now i might be able to get the wife to pop up there so there you go uh in Silverton, we'll be talking about them a whole lot more when we get to the reciting of the can and also getting, I mean, at least Zach in my favorite part of the show. A nice little check in on Josh and how his uh, 40 bet is going on. We are talking some college football Tuesday night, November 2nd. It's here. Is the big night. We've been we've been talking about it for weeks on end at this point. Getting ready for that first college football playoff rankings. You know, we talked about it with the Buckeyes beginning of the year after the loss. And then as well, you know, with the Bearcats, where they are this season, where they are in the AP poll, what that means for their college football playoff rankings. So maybe... You don't even have to watch the college football playoff ranking show. You get the real rankings right here on 30 Rack of Sports. Where it really matters. Where it really matters. To be honest. We have our top four plus two. Because you got to have your, your first two out. Josh, we will start with you. Who are your Top five. Start well. I guess you can start wherever you want to. Top well, five. I, plus one. I prepared ten because sometimes Greg likes to throw out ten. like on. The, he likes to throw out on the spot questions, and I wasn't going to let him get me this week. But I'll start at six. I'm just I'm never, lie. I'm I'm just never. lie when he throws out <laughs> questions. Or you just really just make judgments based on the here and now. Exactly. Who cares? You can you can say 
there was a, you know, there was a material change in what I was thinking based on the results of the past couple weeks. Sure. <laughs> uh, six, I have Oregon. And five, I have Ohio State. At four, I have Michigan State. At three, I have Oklahoma. At two, I have Cincinnati. And at one, I have Georgia. No Bama. No Bama. No, sir. I, was, I thought you were going to be like, oh, shit. <laughs> no. No, okay. I, have Al- right. I have Alabama at eight. The Who first- has seven? Notre Dame. The first oh, question oh, I have really? All right. is uh, considering they're right next to each other in the polls. I mean, does playing against someone matter? Does beating a team at home matter? And maybe their loss is bad enough that it doesn't, but does it? I, With look, Oregon at six and Ohio State at five. Look, here's the th- I'm not telling you one way or another. I'm just here to ask the question. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Ohio State lost to Oregon. Oregon lost to Stanford. And that was Stanford's third most recent win. So, like, I get head-to-head matchups and everything, but, like, when you look at what each team has done since then, like, Oregon's loss is egregious. That's why I have them behind Ohio State, even though they have the head-to-head matchup. They've still deserve to be up there. I don't think they deserve to be. I think they deserve to be in that five to nine range because they can't compete in the playoff. They're not that good of a team. But what do you have? Wake Forest. Wake Forest. I have. I was hoping you're gonna be ballsy and be like number two. I wanted Cincinnati. I wanted to. I wanted to. I was gonna put Wake Forest at one. Now you're first. Wake Forest has zero style points. Um, but I mean, I'm not gonna punish winners. You shouldn't be punished for winning. So I do have them at number nine. Depending, just. A quick uh, note on Wake Forest, because I've been watching and potentially wagering on them several times this yeah. year. They're a solid team, but, uh, you know, have had a couple of three-point wins over lesser competitions, such as, uh, you know, Louisville. Uh, play to win Virginia. the game. You play to win the game. The only thing is, now with Pitt falling out of the polls, and if they were to win out, which they would probably need to, to get to the... ACC championship, Wake Forest could have one ranked team on their schedule. Yeah, they're in the ACC championship. So, right. Uh, I mean, no shot. I I mean, Oregon. I I put them ahead of Bama because Bama, like Oregon, still went into Ohio State and beat Ohio State, and I do not see that kind of quality road win on Alabama's yet on Alabama's resume. And even if even if they do go into Auburn and win, like where's Auburn going to be at that point? Is that is that they're trending up? I don't but I don't Jane think that's as good as have the boys How many teams how many teams go into the shoe and win though, you know? I, so you have to uh, give I that mean, to lot. Oregon. Virginia Tech in 2014, <laughs> USC in 2009, but And I have Michigan Baker State four just out of the principle. Boys? They won. No, they're yeah. the undefeated Big 10 team. I'm not saying they'll stay there, but Right, it's right now. That's what Josh right. has. And I Caleb don't have Williams, an issue with it. Caleb Williams, you're not trying to sell me. He's taking that offense. <laughs> I'm just here to ask questions. Look, I mean, let's I'm, let's 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 hear one of you, Zach. Who do you <laughs> have? Let's hear one of you, Josh. Who do you Zach. lay it on? I got Ohio State is one, two, three, and four on Zach. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got a uh, Georgia, <laughs> Georgia one, obviously Cincinnati. Bama, Michigan State, Oregon, Ohio State. Okay. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, here's why. I'm, I'm trying to put my mind in the head of the committee. Ohio State's best win right now is against 22nd-ranked Penn State. I'm saying I think Ohio State wins out. They easily jump over Oregon. That's not a question. Their resume, that head-to-head's not going to matter. But right now, they're going to say head-to-head, give it to you. And then, yeah. So I, I I'm, not, I'm not worried about it because I'm still like, say take care of business. Oregon has gone down. Oh, I don't since disagree then. with State you. Up. I don't disagree. If they played right now. I'd be like, oh, it's a twenty point win. Not worried about it. But Greg, it's a resume. It's a full season resume. Exactly. Right now, I'm trying to, to be a homer. Point. I'm trying to seem like I'm somewhat subjective when I'm t- or objective when I'm talking. Uh, Do you think they have to write a cover letter? Everybody still wants cover letters. Why? So, uh, it's just I don't know. A, <laughs> I use a template. So, my number one team, <laughs> of course, I think this is obvious the UTSA Roadrunners. No, you do not. 
Easy uh, now. Easy now. <laughs> now, number one, I have Georgia. I don't know if you've heard about God, that Greg, before. I don't know. Uh, two, I have Cincinnati. Maybe get some original picks, guys. Uh, number three, I have Michigan State. Ooh! Sparty. Sparty. Um, number four, I have Alabama. Okay. Mm. So we just flip. So number five, I have it. Ohio State. Okay. Mm. Number six, I have Oklahoma. Whoa. I mean, like, yeah, that's actually pretty solid. I don't know. I debate on Oklahoma. I just, I don't buy it. I hate yeah. Oklahoma. I just don't. That's why. That's why I think you have them on the very edge. And you no, love. yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree. You're in timeout until you start playing like a real <laughs> football team. I think Caleb Williams did turn that offense around. I still don't believe in that uh, defense. I mean, they, they played Kansas. Up, they give up points like it's nobody's they played business. Kansas. Yeah, I'm saying they that's what I'm saying. Kansas. They give up because they, they give up points to Kansas. They give up at least three touchdowns. He should have thrown for 500 yards against Kansas. Right. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. And I think mine. And then they fight. Then they play Texas Tech, who fired their coach for. I no, I don't know why they fired Chris Beard. There's next. Their next three games, though, they're they're taking. Chris Beard is their basketball coach. God, why he went to Texas? I know. I keep doing that. But you know what I'm saying. Cliff Kingsbury is not their coach either. (laughs) Mike Leach is not their coach either. Well, I know they got some other dude now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Greg. Sorry. What's his name? What was his name? Wells. Damn it. That's right. Chris yeah, Wells. Chris Wells. I was going to have so, uh, Yeah, first, Greg didn't know either. He no, was I was going to say David Wells. <laughs> <laughs> Why we even got Texas Tech? I'm sorry. That that yeah. made us all look like idiots. But, uh, I mean, the t- I think the top three teams have the best wins of anybody. Georgia's been killing everybody. Cincinnati has a top... Uh, Notre Dame win looks Top good. 10 win against Notre Dame. Michigan... Yep. State has the top 10 win against Michigan. Yep. So then Michigan State and Cincinnati, I think, are on equal terms. And Cincinnati gets the nod because they beat a uh, similar or the same opponent by more. So that's Cincinnati. Um, Oklahoma, if you keep Kansas within two touchdowns. I watched that Kansas-South Dakota game, the first game of the season. My God. (laughs) I watched that Kansas-Coastal Carolina game. My God. <laughs> my God. I have watched too much Kansas. You have. In my life. I, my I, God. Somehow I accidentally got stuck on like an ESPN Plus South Dakota, Kansas. The other time I bet against Kansas, so that's my own fault. Then when it comes to Ohio State and Alabama, um, I don't think Oregon's an amazing team. And Alabama lost on the road, I guess. I think if Ohio State wins out, they're in. And yeah. I think if Alabama wins out, they're probably in. So I think it's kind of a moot point at this point. But, you know. Put them wherever you want. Yeah. So right now I have them at four and five. I Once again, it only matters so much. I think really the only team I, – well, I would say the only teams that it matters are the non – if you're looking at non-SEC Big Ten schools, I guess. You know, Michigan State, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia – doesn't really matter that much. If you went out, you're in. Right. It's Cincinnati, it's going to mean a ton too. Oklahoma, I think it means some too because if they're out, then they have to show that they have to do more. And then obviously if you're like a Wake Forest, if you're not even close then you're not even It might yeah. not even matter because no. your best win would be over probably like a, if they went out like a right now they're at 26, maybe like a 18th ranked pit. Other team, other so. team, you gotta watch out for. It. And Zach was the first to point this out a couple weeks ago, hiding way back there in the weeds. Other team, you gotta watch out for to make some serious movement in November. I had him at ten, Oklahoma State. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, that they, they could be spoilers at this point. They can be spoilers I think, I think, at this I think point. That get up there, Oklahoma, that Bedlam. So I'm saying that Oklahoma's last three games here. They lost to Oklahoma State. Lost to Iowa for, State. So I think they're cruising done. for. Cruising for a no, I agree. In one I think they're. I think Josh Point. They're they're going to play a part in this though. Is yeah, I'm that, saying that, movement, not yeah, necessarily yeah, yeah. make but, it. But I mean, but. they got to go. You know, is that I don't know who's at home. Is Oklahoma? Is that going to Stillwater? Oh uh, yeah, Bedlam is in Stillwater. Ooh, uh, buddy, what the, two days after uh, T Boone Pickens? I don't know. T Boone at the Boone. I don't know. I don't know if they can do it. Well, it's actually just Boone Pickens. Yeah, I know. Stadium. Boone Pickens. I know. Shout out, to, shout out to a real one, though, in T-Boone. 
I mean, we'll find out here to tonight if you're listening on Tuesday or you've well, already you found look, out. I mean, but. heck, if you look at Oklahoma, I don't think they have time to worry about Oklahoma State right now. They have to go to Waco next week. Yep, the sneaky, uh, yeah, sneaky. Four, uh, number 14. Right sneaky now. Sneaky Baylor Bears. They don't, their only win over a ranked team at the time was Texas, who is certainly not a ranked team. And now, I mean, they have to go to Waco. They welcome an Iowa State team that already, you know, kind of ruined Oklahoma State season, and then they have you got to watch Oklahoma, Iowa State, and then they have to go to Oklahoma State. That's what I mean. The problem with Iowa State is they had expectations. Yeah, now that right. they have yeah, no they expectations, they're going to ruin everybody's yeah. day. Right. I heard they have a pretty good quarterback too. <laughs> Boo, Brock Purdy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we will find out a whole lot more. If you're a sicko that just wants to listen and see how wrong we are, uh, listen on listen on Wednesday. Uh, I want to be completely clear. None of us are homers. No, we were all, no, we're, we're we're all subjective. All, we're all objective, Josh. Objective. <laughs> I said that too. I was like, subjective. we're all journalists, as you can tell by our no, we are uh, not by our grasp. Don't ever hold us to that kind of bullshit. <laughs> we're impersonating. There's no journalistic integrity here. No, there's never <laughs> been any journalistic integrity. But you know what? There are our top four picks, both Georgia and Cincinnati. In the top two spots, right. we'll see if they stay that way, and if where everything else, where the uh, cookie crumbles, where the cookie crumbles on Tuesday night, college football playoff selection show. We're doing a little, little change up, throwing a little change up, a little mid-show meeting. Little mid show just, just went right off the cuff there, and right we're throwing the it in. This is how we do things around here, professionally, and in a complete jumble. Yeah, look, uh, you you give us a couple beers and throw a bunch of jerseys in front of us. <laughs> we get to talking, and well, here we are. Let's just make it a segment. I was gonna say half half of our uh, side segments are probably about as good as the show. It's <laughs> probably right. better. We should just. <laughs> but uh, Zach was kind of bringing up. Uh, t- today, or was it either last night or today, kind of in the last n- recent news cycle, we'll say, yeah. uh, the NBA released their City Edition jerseys. Uh, these are their new jerseys for the 75th season. Um, so a lot of these jerseys are, you know, over the last couple of years, they've had some of these jerseys, these like earned jerseys for playoff teams, City jerseys. These are more, you know, kind of paying homage to some of the older logos for the, the teams history. i would say for a lot of people the history of these teams uh some teams have more history than others as you can see in some of these jerseys you know some of them pelicans was pretty much just a regular pelicans jersey I was gonna say yeah because they've Same. only been around for so long and, and charlotte kept the hornets name but uh we decided you know we used to do some some more fashion segments so we're bringing we back done one in a while. pulling it off uh we're throwing our top three city edition jerseys that we that we really like out here so uh zach this was your idea so why don't you do start us off what are your top three top three number one chicago's i love anything black and red first of all always looks great i like how that i like they do the script for those i remember back in the day jordan's early years the script chicago um you got the pants which i like the shorts where they have the little cutout with the bulls logo with like the black with the red pinstripes in there. I just think they're sharp looking. Not a whole lot going on. You don't need too much. Um, those are my number one. Number two, Atlanta. Again, I think overall, pretty, what, what are you, Josh, smiling? No, you get I'm the just, same I, list yeah, as me. No, no, I just <laughs> no. like Atlanta. I'm agreeing with oh, you. Oh, yeah, Atlanta's no. Atlanta's makes me smile. Atlanta does, right? Atlanta's very sharp. Pretty, pretty simple. Kind of got the old um, Atlanta font that they used to have, but then they have the, Reminds me of a baseball jersey. They have the, the 1990s hawk, hawk, yeah. The hawk with the wings spread out underlying Atlanta. Yellow, they went yellow with those, which I like. Um, and then last, I'm going to go with the Clippers. Again, I think Sharp. They're going with a whole different color scheme, kind of dating back to like the San Diego Clippers. And, and then some the of like those. early 2000s Clippers font. Yes, kind of which I like. Because I, I personally have something about the Clippers normal uniforms, like the red, white, and blue never liked it i don't know no. why like they've always been like they need to change their and they should just change it to um i had it right here it's like a teal with like a light orange anybody who's seen um semi-pro 
That's a very semi-pro feel to very it. Very Flint Tropics. Very look Flint Tropics look to it. Um, I just think those are like just sharp with the cursive clippers. So they also have uh, on the shorts. And they got right like the that middle. '90s almost, or right in the middle. All you're talking right about right in the middle. middle. They have the old Buffalo Braves look. Oh now, yeah, you're right. They do. So a little throwback to the Braves too, which all one franchise. Uh, but I just even I think it has a very '90s look to it too. Yep, for for sure. Uh, Josh, what about you? What are your top three? Uh, honorable mentions. Uh, that that Spurs. That Spurs jersey oh, the Spurs, is cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I like they just the went straight Denver right and the Bucks one too. But uh, number three, I'm putting Atlanta. I just I, I like I like that they draw in from so many different eras and make a, mm-hmm. a you know all in one jersey that's like yeah. a throwback from everything kind of. Um, and that's kind of same with the da- uh, the Dallas one at two. I kind of like what they went with the old. Old cowboy hat. Yeah. Um. But then they still got. That's also just a nice throwback color scheme. I feel like that's a vintage color scheme right there. Uh. And then number one, guys, I'm keeping it in Ohio. I think that Cavs one is sweet. That's probably my favorite Cavs jersey I I've like seen in the a while. Cavs one. It's sharp. I'm just still not a fan of a logo in the middle of jersey. Oh, uh, like see, I like the logo okay. yeah. with the number at the bottom there. Yeah. It's it's it feels very old college to me like way back when. Yeah. Um and then the border, the striped the border border looks is, great. is everything so awesome. else about it. Yeah. Big fan. And as Greg pointed out, they even got the little throwback basketball hoop yeah. logo on the pants. They got three logos. They got three generations of logos. Yeah, that's there. what I think is cool about a lot of these. They do a really nice job of bringing in multiple eras of oh, the sorry, franchise. Yeah, four, like, well, I think the same one. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I would definitely agree. The Cavs were were on my honorable mentions. I didn't want to be Homer, so <laughs> I, I I love the Cavs gotcha jerseys. There. Considering where they, uh, you know, some of the jerseys that they've had recently, yeah. uh, it, it's certainly nice to kind of see that. The other honorable mention that I had was was also the Mavericks. Mm. Uh, it's kind of a nostalgia pick because I remember when I was a little kid, I had like the the fan in my room that had all the NBA logos on it, and it had the little Maverick with that Ooh, hat, the, yeah. the hat on the basketball. So I I really love that one. Um, my number one was on both year lists. I just think the Hawks one is so clean. It is yeah. once again. Yeah. I I'm I mean you know kid that was born in the '90s started watching basketball when I was real little. I love the '90s logos so. That uh, that Hawks logo like really brings me back to some of those you know early two thousands late nineties teams not not the best teams but some fun teams. Uh, number two, I'm actually gonna go with the Lakers. Uh, I like the old Minneapolis, uh, you know, kind of early Los Angeles Lakers with the uh, light blue and the purple. I think if if it if I was designing it, I might have put the the you know flip the colors with the blue and the purple, but it's purple with a nice light blue like it's very easy on the eyes it's got the stars and it's just the lettering of the los angeles lakers on the pants and the stars just makes it look so like really retro and cool i will say when they first started doing bringing back the the baby blue on the lakers i wasn't so sure about it like i like the white ones that they did a couple years ago but i think as far as the lakers using the that baby blue these are the best ones yet yeah and then my number three is um it's gonna be the Spurs. I I just I love the the colorful Spurs logo. I wish they would have. The only the only gripe I have with this uh, uniform is that they have the like new Spurs logo on it. If they had the old one that kept the same colors on it, that like pink, yeah. uh, like light yeah. green and whatnot logo on there, it it would have been. Yeah. probably number one a, for me a lot but. of these they mixed in all the different eras you kind of wish they just kind of went went for it all on on the spurs one. yeah, yeah you, i mean you can see some of them like uh, another one that i had was was denver where they you know kind of had those rainbow uniforms at one point but they have like the late 80s 90s denver written on it and then they have like the very old minor from like the yeah. seven for like the aba denver nuggets on there so i think a weird one uh, the Heat, Miami Heat, taking a page out of the Cavs book, what they yeah. kind of did, but it's not as cool because they're just kind of taking a font from all the different eras. Right. Like the Cavs one was cool because it you, took uh, like all the, the different music, rock and like roll. And, yeah. And stuff. Yeah. And I wasn't even crazy about those no. just with the mixed I, font. You I, know? Like I, what, I like the concept. And Greg, you were but. saying that they get to choose the font and their numbers. Yeah, and, so what I've heard is it's kind of a it's kind of a big swing from you know like a marketing department yeah. where each 
player gets to pick their own fonts. Most of the, you know, decent amount of the players, because they'll have, you know, two numbers in the double digits, will get to pick their own font for both of the numbers on there. So it's kind of an interesting swing. There's a little bit of extra customization in there. Um, it's kind of a weird swing, but, uh, you know, I think it's... yeah. I mean, were there were any, all, were, I mean, were there any ones you guys were... were did, I mean, they I were all good. Thing? I'd say two other ones I just want to throw that I thought were really good. I like the Wolves, T-Wolves. Yep. I like that old... Uh, it's a big Kevin Garnett guy. He got that kind of old yeah. um, Wolves logo. And then the... Uh, I thought the I thought the Pacers was still pretty sharp. Yeah, Nothing that, too... Pacers like, is real clean. Oh, it was a big 90s. Like, nothing very crazy. clean, but some colors in there with the... Yeah, that, that 90s. What do you call that? It was like the color crosses the chest kind of like... Yeah. Sash almost... almost. The other Six, one, Sixers. Yeah, well, I was Sixers. Say, yeah. The other one that I thought was kind of simple, like that, where they did the '90s, was was the Nets back to kind of the mm. draws and Petrovic days. Yeah. But I thought the one thing that was interesting that I just kind of noticed is instead of kind of having the logo scattered, like at the bottom of the jersey, they have kind of their eight different logos going all the way from like the ABA Nets all the way to uh, like the New yeah. Jersey Nets, like the. I was gonna uh, say Jason the New Jersey days. Nets. All the way to like the uh, Brooklyn Nets. The, they even went with the New Jersey one, like on the pants. There is what they went with is the old New Jersey. Yep. Oh yeah, I thought was weird, but well, it's the it's the old New Jersey one, but in the basketball, it actually has the B like the new logo. So it's kind of oh, a okay. combination of logos. Memphis is clean. They kind of stuck to their their typical. Um, there's some details in the Memphis ones. Yeah, they, they have a little. Uh, claw marks in the memphis logo there's some i'm not um, sh- i'm not sure about like i mean i just and they, they you know the 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 trim is kind of reminiscent outside the colors from like when they were the uh vancouver Grizzlies. oh yeah um i know they didn't change they didn't do anything with the colors i've always i've always thought memphis has the sharpest color palette though oh yeah of any team in the league so i didn't think you'd mess with that i like those the only ones i was disappointed was toronto charlotte and um Charlotte's kind of New weird. Orleans, which Greg kind of mentioned, not much you could really do with that, though. Yeah, I also thought, I don't know, I, I was a little bit disappointed with the Celtics. I think they, mm. one, tried to throw in a little bit too much. They have the, like, fun old um, leprechaun yeah. on the pants. I think they could have worked that in more. But, like, the bottom of their jerseys is just so busy. They have a shamrock for every championship, and then they have all their retired numbers, which is, like, 90% of their numbers <laughs> yeah, at this point. Yeah, that's, that's so. a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, let us know which jersey is your favorite. We're going to put out a poll, put our three favorites on there, and it may be an extra bonus one that we all liked uh, on. So be sure to check it out on our social media at 30 Rack of Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Made with 300 pounds of peaches gathered at Permaganic Echo Garden in Over the Rhine in collaboration with Green Umbrella for a great outdoor weekend. Forged peaches. Light. Tart. Nice. Gosh, this is, I mean, I, I... Knowing these are from over the Rhine just may taste all more better. I didn't know they could grow stuff like this. I mean, look. Usually all I see are needles or... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Needles are plastic wear. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And we'll say it as, as nice as possible. Uh, but as we mentioned, high grain, huge into the sustainability. Yeah. Uh, works with uh, Green Umbrella in the Regional Sustainability Alliance. So it's doing a whole lot. You can see there, I mean, they're... Uh, can it's got some nice artwork of people picking peaches near a building uh a whole lot of families people there's even a dog there i like the logo it just makes me happy looking at the can it's very happy can i like the logo they have a very sharp logo yeah the logo is simple but you can tell it's a beer logo you know it's a piece of wheat but you can tell it's like hey this is a beer that we're drinking um overall though like Solid beer, nice to see, you know, nice to see some of these breweries. As we mentioned kind of in our What's Brewing, a lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, get malts and grains and all right. this different stuff from Ohio. And it's nice to even see you get can some grow locally pe- sourced produce on here. Yeah. Yeah. Right down I, the street, right downtown. Yes. I was gonna say I didn't know you could get peaches up here. I thought it was a Georgia. I thing, know, I so. didn't either. Well guys, they've got this really cool beer that's a complete carbon neutral beer. 
that they did, and it's a it's a table beer. Um, it's a table ale. I'm not sh- sure if you're familiar with the table ales, but they're kind of mild, light. Do you dr- drink drink them on the table? Drink them at the table. Yeah, do you? It's kind of like a it's kind of like a beer they... to have with your hors or- d'oeuvres. Or Devers, okay, I got you. Or Devers, yeah. Uh, but they have the Northern Exposure, their Norwegian table ale, and yeah. it's uh, made with hops from uh, Loveland, which is only six miles from their brewery, uh, grain from Marysville, Ohio, and then they have a Norwegian yeast shipped in from Chicago. Um, and then they've planted over 500 trees in the area so far. So Wow. They offset all that that carbon footprint that they make and then pull mm. all that in, all that local stuff that you guys are jazzed about right now. This this beer is all local, as local as it gets. Yeah, and they have, they have a geothermal HVAC system. They use solar and wind power to help yeah. kind of, you know, some of their machinery in there. So it's actually one of those carbon neutral beers, which is, I mean, you know, cool. And it's something that you don't always think of when you're thinking of how do I drink my beer? But, you know, right. there's... If there's a way to feel better, I mean, put a little pep in your step while you're you drinking what. a nice peach sour ale or an, uh, or a table so of Norwegian beer or something like that. Not a lot of breweries uh, have replaced the lights and insulated their town's municipal building. Uh, they actually, in Silverton, they insulated the Silverton Memorial Municipal Building. Uh, they had an R38 equivalent insulation tucked into the walls and ceilings, and then they replace the lights with LEDs. So these people are committed to bringing the sustainability That's into awesome. the community. That's I mean, really cool. they really knock it out of the park with this stuff. So yeah, shout out to um, High Grain in general, all the great stuff they're doing, but uh, especially this Gather Urban Peach Sour Ale. Delicious. Uh, Zach and I are enjoying it. Um, I know we say drinkable for a lot of them, but uh, the first one went down... I mean, I thought I'd only had a couple sips. Next thing I know, I'm... I'm oh, you're on your second one already. I was, I'm already I was, grabbing I was being, the second uh, I was keeping it together. But. Well, hey, the good news is normally, you know, we buy a six-pack. We have to split it oh, to a that's piece. right. So we get the extra beer for Josh our Josh is, uh, he's rounding, rounding third, yeah, a double. He's rounding, rounding two on that Colt 45, the first one. 24 ounces down. Um, Guys, while we're on the can... Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, let's see it. So, uh... Josh still enjoying his Colt 45. By the way, did you say five extra ounces? It would be eight extra ounces. I think I said four. You said, said five. He said four. Okay. Yeah, he yeah, still can't count. That's no, yeah, still that's not still right. not right. Yeah, yeah either way. Uh, so one thing I've noticed about uh, drinking the double malt version of the Colt 45, uh, and it says double malt, double up on the rich golden flavor. Colt 45 double malt keeps it cold. The real American classic lager since 1963. And that's like in a paragraph by itself. But then, just separately, all it says is, every time. (laughs) Every time. Every time. Every time. You'll find out when you get to the end of that what that means. Every time, yeah. Well, we're about to get there, so buckle up for the rest of the show. Well, and depending on what happens, once again, be sure to check out our show that drops Friday, two shows yes. this week. We will be previewing the Browns Bengals game going on Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, and we were doing the Ohio State Nebraska game. That was a whole show on. No, wow. Sunday <laughs> in Cincinnati. <laughs> I prepared actually. for that. So <laughs> uh, we're actually doing all the MAC games. Cool. We're actually okay. doing the Dayton Flyers basketball or football game. Who are they playing? I they played Presbyterian uh, yeah, at one point they, this they year. Did, that part yeah. I know. Uh, but they won. Browns Bengals in Cincinnati. We'll preview it all for you after some rough losses and a forty bet between Josh and I. So it could just be every time we do it this podcast. He had, he had a rash. He had a rash there. Forty bets for a while. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't done one in so long. There, well, I remember last year we had uh, actually. Um, I had to give him like a spread in one game. So oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys started handicapping me last year. I think this is my fourth forty bet loss, but it's our first in a while. So yeah, if you're not familiar, any of our teams versus each other or any Ohio matchup. We have a bunch this year. Like this coming we got week. Packers Browns Christmas week. Yeah, I, we we gotta figure out something more Christmassy for that, I feel like. Do they do a, a yeah, spiced Colt forty five? A spiced yeah, wildcat? 
I guess we could still carry it over. We'll do like some spiked eggnog. I found a spiked eggnog. Oh, yeah. I well, hate eggnog. So Wildcat eggnog, oh, yeah. old English nog. 50% English, 50% nog. Guys, for our next segment, we're going to the ice. Ooh. Talking a little bit of Columbus Blue Jackets. Too cold, too cold. They may be on the, they may be a little bit cold, but they're actually out to a hot start. They are. Uh, we mentioned early in the season some, uh, you know, muted expectations for the Jackets. Kind of a down year last year after a few great years. Uh, some of the best of the franchise's history. Um, this year, five and three through eight games, and a big part of that is their goaltender. Elvis Merzlikens. He's in the building. He has not left the building. Thank He's you. here right now. Thank you very much. He is uh, four and one on the season, so he has four of the five wins. Um, a goals against under two at one nine eight, which is top five in the league for goalies that have started at least five games. He is also uh, top five in save percentage. So. Definitely one of the guys keeping the Jackets in the game was actually tops in the league before kind of a shaky game, kind of his first shaky game of the year versus the Rangers on Friday. Josh, how far can a good goaltender like this take you? I mean, he's definitely uh, he's definitely motivated, definitely living up to the, uh, the contract extension. Um, and it's it's nice to see that he's kind of anchored this team to come out of the gate hotter than expected. Um, and I think you've seen positive signs. I want to preface this with, you know, young team like the Blue Jackets. It's nice to see them come out kind of feisty like this, but you've definitely had your messy games. They still got stomped by Detroit. Uh, the Canes and Rangers, two of the best probably, um, lost to them, but the Jackets weren't really even com- competitive in those games. So I think I think his ceiling's pretty pretty high, and he can be one of the – I'd say one of the top three keepers out there, but there's there's some problems elsewhere, I think, with the, the Blue Jackets that are going to handicap how far Merzlinkis uh, can go. He can only go as far as the defense is willing to keep up with him, I think. Yeah, and, you know, that, uh, that Detroit game was... Uh uh, Corpusalo was, was in yeah. goal. That was Corpy. Uh, on that one. Corpy was also in goal for the Carolina loss. So Corpy's had a couple of, uh, you know, tough games. Yeah, Carolina, you want to talk about someone coming out of the gate hot? Carolina hasn't lost yeah. yet. So, but I mean, you look at Merzlikens has given up, you know, two goals or less in all of his games except for the uh, Rangers game. But he was kind of under attack a lot. I mean, he made seven. Saves shorthanded. Jackets as a team just didn't play that well. And you can see sometimes a, a goalie can help get you over, kind of get you over the edge to victory. But when you don't have a solid team around a goalie like that, it can really, I mean, it can really handicap you and really kind of force you into some difficult situations. Um, I think the one thing that you have seen from, um, you know, Merzlikens and even Corpy in the last game is, you know, they have, they're three and zero in overtime. Yeah. So being able to keep close games together late in the game. Well, that's what I was going to say. They, they've, as we talked about some games, they've got crushed in, like they've also won some games that they probably shouldn't have won. I mean, you look at, uh, Merzlikens had 19 saves in the overtime win versus the Kraken and 34 saves in the overtime win versus an Islanders team that was heavily favored that night, heavily favored to be one of the best in the league this year. You have a young, young talent that if you have a keeper like that, that gives you that late game spark that a lot of these young guys, I mean, blue jackets are young, very fast. You give them that extra late game spark, that inspiration from a brick wall goalie, then that goes a long way with those young guys. Yeah. And you see him right now at 10 points, uh, right in the middle of the Metro. Uh, we're kind of near the bottom. A lot of teams above 500. Now you, you finally have the Islanders and, and the Penguins following just below 500, but you expect both of those teams to get better as the year goes on. Right now, what, 
looking at about the the seven seed right now. I mean, obviously early, you know, ten right. ten percent of the season is done. But Josh, do you think you could see this team maybe sneaking into the playoffs? I mean, you get I'm, the top. I'm curious. See, I'm curious what their intentions are. They got there's there's some talk that Corpy's on on the trade block, and that could be a thing that moves the needle in a big direction. They also have um, Cole Sillinger, youngest player in the NHL. Uh, they have, it'll be this week, actually, by the time you're listening in the middle of the week, uh, Sillinger will play uh, his 10th game uh, or his ninth game or something like that. And I guess after your ninth game, if you play your 10th game, um, you would have to start your entry-level contract. So while that sounds cool and all, that would move his unrestricted free agency eligibility basically up by a whole year. So from a longevity standpoint with this youngest player in the league, huge talent, wasn't even supposed to be up here at all, has impressed that much that he's way ahead of schedule here. But do you, do you want to risk that free agency getting bumped up a year? Do you want to trade Corpy? Like, there's a lot of things I think that are going to sh- tell you in the next week or two where the Blue Jackets organization is from top, which way they're going to move this needle. I think they got the the fight in them, the fast young talent in them to stick around, but at what cost, you know? Yeah, I mean, they saw some of the guys from the team that have been around for a while. We're part of that playoff team, like Oliver Bjorkstrand, uh, Bjorky, and Boone Jenner. So they have yeah, some Jack guys coming up clutch that can, you know, really get goals. Patrick Laine was on a very good Winnipeg Jets team. I think the one thing that you think with a guy like Cole Sillinger is, you know, comparative to something that, you know, I'm sure Zach has seen a bunch, those pushing up the clocks of teams like in the MLB where you mm-hmm. do it with like, you know, Chris Bryant, where you try to manipulate the oh, service yeah. time and stuff like that. You don't want to piss people off because I think Columbus has had a tough time keeping free agencies, yeah. you're f- keeping free agents, yeah. keeping players happy. And I think if you're an organization like that, and you know, you've seen it with a lot of organizations in, in Ohio, not exactly the top free agent destination. <laughs> no. You understand wanting to keep the cap low, but you also understand. Right. You got to do not right wanting people. to. Yeah. You have to do right by people. You screw them over. They're not going to. Yeah. You, you got to be respected. As people take care of their players. If you if you have a franchise in in Ohio, yeah, yeah, yeah I I think uh, that's a great point. Is that they don't have a great track record there. You want to keep them happy, and you want to keep them playing. Like they have plenty of senior talent up there that he could learn from. And you want to get like Voracek and Line A and Bjorkstrand, like that line. I think if that can start to click a little bit more. But I think the biggest thing is, you know, they're letting off thirty five shots per game on average, second worst in the league. And until that changes, then you can't really trust this team at all. Because while I think Elvis Merzlinkis can be one of the top goaltenders in the league, 35 shots a game, <laughs> you can only do so much. Yeah, and I mean, you have a lot of young guys. Uh, you know, Borinsky is leading the team in, in ice time per game. And usually you get defensemen have more than, than your front line. But you have, you know, two really young guys in Jake Bean and Gavrikov who are getting, you know, 20 plus minutes a game. Uh, The only three people averaging or the only four people averaging more than uh, 20 minutes per game are those three in Boone Jenner. So you're going to have to get some guys to grow up a little bit quicker. You know, Bean and Gavrikov and even, you know, Borinsky, but he's been pretty good. Some of these guys have to play a little bit better. Uh... The top has, you look at some of the lower lines, like the uh, Boomquist and Peak line, you know, they're minus three and minus four together. Uh, Peak has seven penalty minutes already. It's just, it's too much, and it's a little bit too messy. It, it kind of needs to be figured out. Yeah. I give Elvis all the credit in the world. I think the Blue Jackets would be dead in the water already if they didn't have him. But, uh, and I think they have the potential to to stick, ar- stick around this year. But you don't want to... At what cost? You don't want to go overboard here. So then here's the question before I finish the segment. Put you guys both just up to it right now. Jackets playoff team, yes or no? No. 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 
I don't think they. I, I think I think they stick around and eventually because you got to think about we're so early in the season, like you said, only about ten percent. Any injuries that happen sink this team. I think they're one of those classic teams that maybe you look like a month from now they go on like a, you know, five to seven game winning streak and they're about a fifth seed and everybody goes, wow, Jackets playing well, and then you know. January, February comes down, <laughs> kind of those dog days yeah. of winter. And next thing you know, you know, they've lost seven of nine or something. Boy, like aren't that. we a bunch of high Ohio sports fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, like what are we just reading from the script <laughs> annual script here? Just reading from the look, the Cavs <laughs> run that script almost to a T. Let's stay five hundred until December, fall off, and then win like one game our last two months of the season. So <laughs> trust me, I know. Let us know jackets do you have more faith in them than the 30 rack crew at 30 rack of sports facebook twitter and instagram what's brewing ohio guys i have some breaking and urgent news to tell you about is it cold 45 being brewed in ohio it's not cold 45 oh okay uh, it's something much better than that, and it brings in a lot of uh, south uh, southwestern Ohio traditions here. And if you're in the Dayton area, you need to hop on it now because it's happening this Thursday, November 4th, launch party and reveal dinner for the annual Warped Wing Brewing and Esther Price Candies collaboration. Collab- this is something, and I didn't know they did this. This is my first time hearing about this, but apparently they've been doing this uh, in Esther Price Candies, if you're not familiar. Um, very uh, long-standing uh, Cincinnati candy establishment. And uh, they do this little Esther's little secret beer each week, or each year. Um, <laughs> each, like, week. Each, each week, week. yeah. They're Every pumping them out week. each week. That, that's, that's a lot of work. Uh, each year, and... Uh, I can't tell you much more about it because it is a secret. Uh, If you want to know what this beer is going to be, it's obviously a collaboration with Esther Price Candies and Warped Wing Brewing. But you need to hop on it now, get a reservation, RSVP to this thing, launch party, reveal dinner this Thursday, November 4th. Get all the details at WarpedWing.com. If you you, uh, reserve a place there, you get a four-pack and a bottle of barrel-aged. Ooh. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Uh, Northeast Ohio. We're going up to one of my favorite brewery names out there, I think. Birdfish Brewing. Uh, they have a new Billy Wonka Sour Ale series. I specifically <laughs> thought of Zach when I read this because uh, the blog writer for OhioCraftBeer.org uh, thought about singing the Oompa Loompa song. I was um, going to say Zach. Also, Zach likes sours. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, but they I know Halloween's over and everything but uh, I think you can still pick these up in uh, in bottles um, and if you're up near the birdfish brewing and area um, but guys they started making this Halloween special all the way back in January Ooh. I mean they've been at this for a while and this includes the candy going into the whole process from the start so we have this sour ale with uh We've got a golden sour. It's uh, orange pixie sticks, <laughs> raz apple fun dip, and oh, sour patch kids. That so that's their fucking delicious. That's their oh, golden yeah. sour pixie sticks, apple fun dip, yeah. and sour patch kids. Uh, it's on draft and in bottles. I don't know how they said very limited, so I don't know how much longer it's going to be there. But that sounds really cool. Um, and then finally, guys, wrapping it up with one of our favorites, Jackie O's. Uh, coming from the barrel cellar on this one, Return Flight is back in Imperial Stout brewed with a variety of roasted malts and brown sugar. Um, so you know that one's nice. going to be real roasty, real sweet, and it's all going to come together real good. Uh, this has been in bourbon barrels for 17 months, so it gets that nice boozy edge, 14.8 ABV. So look for those bottles of Return Flight. Yeah. They're a really nice, clean bottle, too. And you got the picture here at ohiocraftbeer.org. Looks like a very fine beer. One of the best from Jackie Odes in their Athens and Columbus locations now and select retailers. So, guys, if you want to learn more. What are they adding to that? Is that Szechuan peppercorns? Yes. So, Greg, I'm, 
Glad you asked here because, yes, there is Szechuan peppercorns here, <laughs> toasted sesame seeds, and Himalayan pink salt. Oh, so I love you, Himalayan pink salt. You know, there's all the flavors packed into this one here, and you cooking. know it's going to be good because it's from Jackie O's, one of the best in Ohio. Guys, if you want to learn more about the best in Ohio, ohiocraftbeer.org is the place to go. Follow them on social media at ohiocraftbeer. Follow us at social media at 30 Rack of Sports. Let's bring it out. All right. Well, thank you for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. We're going to finish the show, as we always do, with our cheers. First off, want to thank High Grain Brewing Company and their Gather Urban Peach Sour Ale. Uh, High Grain, once again, doing a whole lot with sustainability. I'd uh, love to hear that, as well as making a just delightful peach ale just That's a great. delightful peach sour uh i've been zach and i have enjoyed drinking it uh during the show uh also shout out to the lovely makers of cold 45 uh for making zach and my evening and uh ruining josh's g dot heilman brewing company uh, milwaukee wisconsin uh, 53201 thank you so yeah, much for milwaukee that. uh also want to give a shout out to all of the listeners of 30 Rack Sports, thank you so much for listening to another edition. Uh, we enjoy doing what we do, but we thank anyone who uh, puts up with listening to us every week. So uh, we're going to finish it off with our individual cheers for the week. Zach, who are you cheersing this week? I'm at cheers. I don't know. Josh is like waving at me. Saying bye. Bye. Like I was going to cheers uh, Russell Douglas. For those who don't know, Green Bay Packer, Thursday night, game-sealing interception off Kyler Murray. Uh, fun fact, a few weeks prior, was an Arizona Cardinal, and they said bye-bye. So, oh, that's fantastic. That makes yeah, it even better. Yeah, even fun better fact, with the little wave. Fun fact, I was sitting on a fantasy win, barely, and the guy had Kyler Murray. And oh, I, yeah. Nice. So that's sealed I'm big it for on that. I yeah, I'll it. cheers yeah. with you there. There you go. If only AJ Green knew it was past. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. That was weird, man. I've seen wild. him make that play so many times. That was wild, but I'll take it. All right, Josh, who are you cheersing this week? Look, all right, with, all, with all due uh, and earned respect to President Neville Pinto, I have to give a great and my biggest cheers maybe of the show ever to he's currently the vice chancellor, not you, Greg, settle down. <laughs> uh, the vice chancellor now of uh, the University of British Columbia, I believe, uh, and oh, no? former Pre president, no. president of the hottest college in America. I thought he was. Pre that's why he left. That's Santa his alma Ono. Mater. I thought he yeah. was president. I have vice chancellor. I don't know what. It, I don't know the how they thing. do it up it's there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, with the current for his, team, he left for his dream job. So I no, yeah, I didn't. But but college game day is coming to Clifton for the first time ever, and I think he was the one that kind of opened everyone's eyes to the whole like Clifton is awesome, the Bearcats are awesome, and we can totally do this here. The things that other people are doing that are you know on the Power Five scale. We can do that here too. And I think he kind of turned everyone on with his hottest college in America movement to those those things that you see at Big Brother School and the things that you see in the SEC. We could there's no reason we can't yeah. do that here. And uh so I just want to cheers to him as this monumentous occasion for the Clifton community, for the Bearcats community, happens on Saturday when college game take comes to town. Couldn't have happened without him. Cheers to Santa Ono. Cheers to Santa at the hottest college in America and hottest the UC Bearcats. I, I shook his hand once. Who, uh, welcome in <laughs> the Golden Hurricane of Tulsa as well as college game day. Uh, my shout out is also in college football. Uh, goes to the state of Texas. Goes oh. to one of the the uh, few guys that's really made their mark on college football at one school, especially. Uh, finally separating from TCU after 20 years and a 181 and 79 record. Crazy. Dude, Dalton's a good quarterback. I know. <laughs> Gary Patterson, the guy who the guy who got Andy yeah, Dalton to yeah, TCU. There you go. Um, so 
those who may not know a whole lot about Gary Patterson in his past, or TCU in his in their past, they were a perennial doormat in the Southwest Conference with you know SMU and uh, Texas, Texas A and M, all the Texas schools. Uh, once that dissolved, instead of going to the Big Twelve or something, they went to the WAC. Uh, were pretty awful there until Dennis Franchoni, who uh, got them kind of in a decent spot, but then left for Alabama. So here they are moving into Conference USA. And they don't have a coach. So they get Gary Patterson. Gary Patterson takes over the team. 32-16 and 16 in four years in the Conference USA. Seven years in the Mountain West where they were 77-13. and 48-7 in conference. And their last three seasons, 36-3, and 23-0 in conference. He was 6-1 and one in bowl games during that time, with the only loss being to Boise in the Fiesta Bowl and had a Rose Bowl win over Wisconsin. He is the reason why TCU is in the Big 12. You want to talk about Ono or football programs, Luke Fickle, Mick Cron, this guy is the reason why his school is in the Big oh, 12. Oh, no, yeah. They would, be, they would be probably having fun in the fun right now. They have a statue of him. Out front of the stadium, so the awkwardness of—I mean, I don't blame him. What they offered him to finish the year, he said nah, which I don't blame him. You don't want me, but uh, yeah, there's a yeah, there's a statue there. Yeah, I mean, probably time to go after the last four or five years. Did have some success in the Big Twelve. Had a conference title back in the time before they had the title game, so they shared title. Yeah, two second place finishes. Uh, the one year he had a conference title in 2014 where he shared it with Baylor. Had a 42-3. to He deserved better than a midseason firing. Yeah, a 42-3 to Peach Bowl win. So uh, certainly the man at that college and uh, a, a guy that deserves a shout-out for what he did. Boy, yeah. Hopefully I, we get some uh, other I know co- he, coaches that want to stay for 20 years at a school. Yeah, I know who you're talking about now. This was the guy that changed his shirt at halftime. Uh, give, give a shout out to uh, Twitter at Reddit College Football. Uh, forget flags at half mass. The true way to honor the Gary Patterson era is to change your shirt immediately, because this man, black shirt in the first half, went in at halftime. Things weren't going well. Went with the purple shirt. Purple shirt not only changed the shirt, changed the visor. Too. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I mean that's what you call dedication to the game. Mojo, you got to change the shoes. Change the shirt. Shame on the frogs. You know what the one thing that we're not going to change is? Putting some great analysis or some mediocre analysis and drinking some great Ohio beer. That's going to do us for this episode of 30 Rocket Sports. Be sure to catch our NFL preview for the Battle of Ohio on Friday. For Zach on the opinions, good, bad, or otherwise. See ya. For Josh on the ones and twos. Hootay! I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to 30 Racket Sports. Peace. Oh, go Browns? No, we we don't need to waste our time with those.